<laughs> Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot, Season 2, Episode 9, Football Played On Paper Podcast. Everyone's here again, full attendance, roll call, ready, Josh. Present. Chopper. No, yeah, not present. Out, How are you? <laughs> oh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Spence. Present as well. Uh, yeah, well, all right, if I'm handing out gold stars, Jobber, you'll, no, you don't get one. Josh and Barndog, you both get one. Stack show today, awesome. boys. Um, full round of fixtures to get through, some weekly happenings, a handful of transfer news as we close in on the um, transfer window closing. Dollar Doms multi. Can he get two in a row? And uh, Jobber has checked the mailbag. I am reliably informed. So looking forward to that too. But without further ado, Barn, we better get into the weekly happenings, mate. Or we'll never get this show going. Alrighty, let's start off with a very sad event, and that is uh, Chievo Verona, the Italian club, former Serie A club, has folded and will cease to exist moving forward. So uh, they've had some some struggles with their finances since COVID hit. Uh, they were trying to get some new investment in. Uh, one of their all-time great players was like leading the charge, trying to get some some money in, and they failed to get any new investment. Um, this is following them getting demoted to Syria D at the start or end of last D. season. Yeah, right down the bottom, the old Juventus highway down at the bottom <laughs> and uh, <laughs> got down there. But then obviously still their finances were that shocking. They still couldn't sort it out and they've now uh, ceased to exist, will not will not continue as a club, um, which is pretty sad considering they're like a fit, they were a stalwart of Syria for a long time there and they, um, I think that their height, they – Finished fifth in two thousand two, and they even made a uh, the knockout stage of the Champions League one year, which is um, pretty impressive. So yeah, a bit of a sad day in football, and not good for so something that we probably could see happening a bit more often with coronavirus continuing to have its effect on football. Yeah. So is that is that one of the sort of main reasons they reckon is is related to financial struggles due to COVID? Is that sort of yeah? Exist? I think it, well, yeah. I think they're probably already in a little bit of you know financial struggle. Uh, Italian league sort of always has that in it, but then COVID <laughs> just really yeah, ripped the guts out of him. Yeah, fair enough. Barney, yeah. we've seen we've seen Palmer bounce back from here before. So potentially it's not over forever, but it certainly doesn't look good, does it? No, no. And like it's I think the saddest thing is you're losing a team with the nickname of the Flying Donkeys. So that's <laughs> you that. know where that comes from? That. Wouldn't have a clue, but it's a massive loss. I can hazard a guess, Halsey. <laughs> Go no, on. No, but I don't I don't know for sure. Well it'd be you know the donkey flying I imagine it's a mythical sort of a creature. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like a loyal Arsenal fan. Like, you, you know, you don't see them often, but they exist. I was yeah, thinking on gotcha. LSD, rare beast. there you go. Okay. Yeah, could, could be the one. All righty, let's move on to something a bit more positive, and that's Manuel Pellegrini's view on the, on the uh, La Liga. Love this. So he came out during the week. He's the new Real Betis manager, for those who haven't been keeping up. Um, and his quote from the week was, La Liga is the slowest league in Europe with the least amount of actual football. People want to watch a show and we're not giving it to them. The most time wasting, the most dives. It's a disgrace. 
So really endearing himself to the uh, La Liga fans. Let's just I want, whip round. Does everyone agree with him a little bit though? Yeah, well, it's not far from the truth. I'd probably put the Italian league a little <laughs> bit lower um, in terms of like the entertainment I get from it. Yeah. But yeah, he's not he's not too far wrong for me. Job? Well, I feel like he it, it's not um, hitting the wider context here because teams sort of do play like that because if they don't, Barcelona and Real Madrid hammer them and they just made it the way to play. So like, yeah. I think there's wider context to that, but he's... Like it's not the most pleasing on the eye. Like the drop off from top to bottom is so significant. That that whole Barca esque, I guess that that have made it famous. Sort of the just the natural Spanish way of playing though, too, to to keep heavy possession throughout defence and midfield, and only pounce when the moment's like quite right. Kind of like how Pep plays a bit. So I think the lesser teams doing that isn't as exciting either. But when Barca and Real Madrid kind of do it, it's it is better. Have you seen Atletico Madrid play in the last oh, and, uh, three years? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's outliers, obviously, but for the most part, I mean. Yeah, that, that, that is, that's for the purest only Atletico Madrid games. I, um, I wonder if La Liga find him for this because, um, you know, they need a, uh, a pound note and um, it feels like you could find him for that legitimately. So He's the ex-City coach, so he's loaded too. Yeah, like. He's probably got more cash than the league. A juicy payout. From Citigroup. So, yeah, possibly see a fine coming. All right, the last one is the uh, Nice versus Marseille match. So, you know, we've all been talking about how good it is to see fans back in the stadiums. It's great for the game. Um, probably not so much for this this match. So uh, it was a Nice home game. Uh, I think we're only in the first half at this stage and the payout goes over near the corner goes to um, take a corner and he gets a bottle thrown at him. Um, instead of like most players just sort of kicking the bottle off the field or sort of moving on, picks up the bottle and absolutely piffs it at the crowd and then hurls some abuse and then it all kicks off for young and old. The fans storm the field, um, get right up to like sort of the, the um, advertising banners around the ground and all securities lost control. Um, the 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 players are going at each other, and then out of the corner, I saw one of the Marseille guys <laughs> sprints up to the ball and just launches it at the crowd. It was hilarious, <laughs> but um, I mean, it sort of all petered out a bit, and then the the fan, uh, sorry, the fans moved off back off the field, and then the players from both sides left the field, and apparently Marseille players were refusing to um go back out and play, and a couple of their players actually copped some injuries, so I think uh. Luan Perez was struck in the neck and then a couple of the players had some like scratches and choke marks on him. Um, Jobba, what do you think of it? So Barney, I've got a couple of corrections first up. So Casper Dolberg scored for Nice and it was a 75th minute. So it was only 15 minutes to go. But um, I actually don't mind this from Payet. Like I think if you, if you hurl a projectile at a player, you deserve to get one hurled back at you. Like, do you I, think I, he I knew where it came from? Yeah, you could see like the Nice fans, like you can clearly. It was like see the ultras were all there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah you like, knew where it was coming from. And, and one ultra is yeah, as good as I'm any like, ultra. Well, bad luck. Like you can't just storm the pitch. You threw a projectile, and now you've got one thrown back at you. Like, what did you expect? That's that's what I I sort of thought of exactly the same thing. I was like, yeah, like how can you guys like sort of get on your high horse and be like, oh, he threw a bottle at me and charged the field, and then you notice how many of them like rip their shirts off, charge the field, and they got to the advertising banner, and then they sort of just like. Uh, weren't so strong anymore and weren't so tough guys. They just sort of slowed down. They're like, ooh. Yeah, they sort of like so, all became weak at the knees. So, Bunny, are you calling all of the ultras cowards? Is that what I'm hearing? 
All French people by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. there go the French listeners. <laughs> yeah. They're coming to get you, actually. <laughs> no, mainly, mainly, mainly just the guy who was doing the yarmulke um, symbol and then did a, uh, a Hail Hitler after <laughs> oh, it. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, wow. <laughs> he, he's, uh, he's a bit weak, but yeah, the rest of them, I don't know. It was just, it was just, I just thought it was a bit of like uh, throwing a lot of words and then everyone's tough until they get on the field and then they could, it was like 50 to one on the players and the crowd all of a sudden stop and don't do anything. Like it's all just it like is, acting tough. It's funny though, with the ultras and some of those hardcore fans, the first move of any sort of escalation or, or threat of violence is the shirt off. <laughs> like it's it's the sh- like sometimes you can't even see it happen it's that quick and then the shirt's off and then they're deciding the next move do i go fight punch but the first move and instinct is shirt off you can't do anything else the only other thing i'd like to see after the shirt off halsey is the um the, obviously the added ass um tracksuit pants that are pressed studs down the side <laughs> yeah with the they get the ripped off straight, straight away and yeah. then we start the fight but what are yeah. you actually gonna do? Like, like you're on the pitch, and then you're like, "What am I? Get, like, am I going to assault Dimitri Pyatt? Like, I just don't know a red where hot crack. Gonna, yeah, where, yeah, but where that's, are they going to go from there? That's the thing. It's just like, yeah, what are you, what are you actually trying to achieve here? I mean, their what? first, their first initial thought was take my shirt off. It doesn't seem like they've planned much further ahead of anything ever. So yeah. If if I'm on the pitch, I'm straight away looking for the ball and trying to put it in the net. Like I'm just like, how much fun is this? I, the last thing on my mind is assaulting a professional footballer who's probably going to bash me. Yeah, way more physically fit than you. And also, way. you're doing it in a, in a scenario where oh, there's like 50, 50 cameras on the situation. So, whatever you do is going to get seen and you're going to get identified. Mm. So, but it's so good that, to have the fans it, back, but... But is it being <laughs> oh, broadcast yeah. in France? That's the question. Have they sorted out the... Yeah, it was a game on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it was weird because all the... All the um, like the, what I read about the match reports and stuff are all talking about... Um, after their after their interview with Amazon, after this with Amazon, and I completely forgot they had the rights to it. But um, we'll move on to some more positive news, and that's some transfer news. Oof. Let's hope that one comes through this time. Alrighty, so first one we want to look at here is Lionel Messi's already on the move again. So apparently, Dbex has started talks with him uh, finishing his career at Inter Miami. So he's only just signed for PSG, and he's He's already finishing off his career into Miami. How do we how do we feel about this? Good move for Messi after PSG. Is he using Phil Neville as bait? Like you can work under this guy. Is that what he's doing? I think it's a great move for for Bex and, and the marketing department. And who gives a shit for Messi? He's at that twilight part of his career, already, isn't he? Anyway, so he's just doing the world tour. He will be at that stage. I think he'll end yeah. up in the MLS, and then yeah, if he'll just go essentially where the where the wages are. And I think there's a lot of hype mm. and. A bit of money behind um, into Miami at the moment, and where it's and easy to live. Yeah, I see it happening. Surely, surely, like into Miami should be a bit more worried about how their season's going than trying to sign Messi in three years' time. Yeah, like, yeah bottom, like bottom of the table. And I am like, concerned with the results I, of the MLS. I feel, yeah, I feel like MLS is like kind of more of an entertainment industry than a like reputable football league. American oh, sports right, has right, never right. been Just like American, the American, American sport listeners in general. Now too. Honestly, they can have it. Um, it's more about it's more about like the entertainment product than it is about the actual football. So you get Messi in there, even if he like Zlatan went over there at like forty five. Yeah, and they're like he's the greatest player ever. Everyone in Europe's like oh, he's very sluggish, but no, like he's an MLS product, so they'll take him. To be fair, Jobber, if you've watched, I don't know if you probably haven't watched many MLS highlights. It actually is. I don't know how, but they just saw score some pretty crazy goals. It is they actually do, yeah. pretty entertaining from that fact. Kind of like the A League's entertaining from a comedy factor. It's kind of a 
yeah, it, it has its moments. We'll say yeah, I think it's levels it, above the A League, but um, it's not the oh yeah quality level quality. of some of those those top um European leagues. But yeah, I, like I think it'd be interesting to see see him over there eventually, and I got no doubt that he'll end up over there at one of the teams, if not Inter. All right, and the last one we've got here is uh, Newcastle United have opened talks with Everton over the signing of James Rodriguez. Now, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even think he was in the country. I thought he was still in Colombia on holidays. So he might be back and he looks like he could be potentially on his way to Newcastle. Is this a good signing for them, Job? This absolutely does not fit in with what I saw from Newcastle on the weekend. (laughs) This couldn't couldn't be further from what I would expect to see from a Newcastle player. What with his work rate? I'd be, I would be more like, I would be less surprised if they'll link with like Gareth Barry out of retirement or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But it, like, it doesn't yeah. fit Hammers either. Like, Hammers come over um, to play um, under Ancelotti, right? And then, mm. yeah, like he's obviously been moved on. And he was saying that I don't even know who Everton play on the weekend. But I mean, is his life going to get any better if he moves up north um, or a little bit further north to to Newcastle? I don't know. Just it, does, it seems Newcastle seems a less James Rodriguez club than Everton does, and Everton doesn't at all. So you're gonna have like have less of the ball and be playing less creative football, which is literally yeah. what his game's about. Oh, he so. wants to put a shift in, doesn't he? Oh, for, <laughs> he's the last <laughs> bloke who's maybe, ever gonna put a shift in. Maybe make him a wing back. <laughs> Bruce, he'll play him at left back. Yeah. yeah, box to box um, now. <laughs> yeah, but like he's one of those players that his oh, wages are just God. so high that. Um, only a select amount of clubs can actually afford to pay his wages. The clubs that can afford to pay those wages don't need a player like Rodriguez, right? Because there's a there's a bunch of players who are better than him um, who you can pay the same money, if not less, to. So, yeah, I feel as though he's priced out of the top clubs and those um, mid-tier clubs can't really afford him and he has zero interest in going any lower. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Sean. Bang on. All righty. Well, let's get into the games. There were plenty of goals flying in over the weekend, lots of good ones. We'll start off at uh, Liverpool versus Burnley. So Liverpool got the win 2-0 over Burnley. It was a pretty sort of, you know, straightforward win for Liverpool. They didn't really have to expend too much energy throughout this win. And Josh, you couldn't stop heaping praise on Ashley Barnes throughout the game as we were watching it, even though he didn't have that good a game. Yeah, I don't know if praise is the word I'd use, but uh, a lot of my comments weren't so much directed at uh, praising Liverpool's performance. It was great. It's fantastic. Business as usual. Got in, got the points, clean sheet. Similar to last week, just like a very professional effort, um, which is great to see. No injuries. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of uh, hate from me directed at Ashley Barnes on the Discord while we are watching the game. So um, don't apologize for anything I said. And yeah. Um, I feel it was very cathartic for me, so I'm glad. Good win all round. <laughs> Job. So, so um, obviously Liverpool, like business as usual, as you said, like was they were absolutely coasting. Um, another game for Virgil Van Dijk, but I thought Sadio Mane looked a bit quiet. He, he, yeah, and it was glimpses of some of his performance from last year where he just seemed. I think it's his. I think it's the finishing. It seems like a lot of the time, it's just a slightly off the pace. He gets in some good positions. There's a little one Alexander Arnold dinked over before the goal he got. Sort of similar, but in the air, just missed time to that. And a couple of other little ones, like one at the far post. And yeah, I don't know, just yeah, just that bit off the pace, it seemed. Um, so hopefully he finds some form again soon, but everyone else is kind of making up for it. Ozzy, what do you think of the um, the midfield setup? 
I think at the start of the game, the commentators are talking about whether that was going to work. And then about halfway through, they sort of discussed about how it wasn't really clicking. They didn't really have enough like um, like movement or like it wasn't very dynamic midfield. They had Keita, Henderson and, and Harvey Elliott in there. What do you think of that midfield? I think it's a pretty, I don't know, I wouldn't say not dynamic because Keita, Hendo are quite uh, forward moving players. Like Hendo likes to hit the ball forward early. Kata is a bit more of that, probably closer to a Thiago-type player. Not that he really showed that. And then uh, Harvey Elliott's more of that classic sort of winger, likes to dribble at players. But when I saw that, I thought, yeah, it's not our strongest starting midfield, I don't think. You'd probably take Harvey Elliott out and put in uh, Fabinho once he's fully back. Um, and you might swap Kata out for Thiago, but I don't know if they plan on doing that full-time going forward. But um, I, I don't mind that. It was good to see a comfortable result with not a full-strength, like, full first-tier squad. So, good sign, regardless. The only thing I want to uh, talk about here is, well, two things, actually. So, I thought Simicast looked uh, solid again on the left. Yep. Um, I think, as a Liverpool fan, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but you'd be pretty happy having someone like that who can slot in at left-back when if Robertson's ever injured or, or yeah. can't play. Like Particularly... He, off last year, he didn't. A couple of little glimpses of him weren't great, but he seems like yeah. he's getting better. I think it's he's, he, having him there is better than having someone like uh, James Milner filling in that spot, who does really oh, well yeah. defensively, but like Simicas fits in that system so much better. Hundred um, percent. And then my other concern for Burnley is that they conceded a header off a cross to a five foot eight attacker. Oh, wasn't that Jota. great? I mean, if Ben Mee had like uh, some sort of proper body shape or any sort of peripheral vision, they probably would have stopped that goal, but luckily he doesn't. Is, is he too small to for there. the – but yeah, is he too small for the two centre-halves from Burnley to see? Maybe, sort of <laughs> snuck in under their vision. Yeah. Like flying too low for radar. Yeah, I but get I, you. I just felt like Liverpool were like in absolute cruise control and if they really yeah, wanted absolutely. to put their foot down, they could have hammered them, but they just didn't. Yeah, which is yeah, kind of said- good because they're like building, but you're like, wow, Burnley yeah. got it. Like they got off lightly. Klopp, uh, Klopp said that in a pre and post match interview about how he wants to, like last game, was trying to find that that baseline of of sort of like a not not flogging themselves, but also like not underperforming. Like that's how he wants the like the baseline performance to be. So I guess that's that's a good sign. Yeah, the other thing I want to talk about is the difference between the two keepers. A couple of times, balls come into um, Allison and 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 how he used his feet. He come out and and headed one clear. He took one on his chest. He even did a little Cruyff turn um, on his own box. Love to see it. Oh yeah. Um, and then you contrast that with Nick Pope and how comfortable he looked on the ball and some of his passing out from the back, <laughs> especially the long balls. I just think he's just so weak um, when yeah, he's got the ball area. in his feet. And then he's got one of those techniques where, like, you see Allison strike through a ball. Or you see, um, uh, like um, Edison strike through a ball, and they just look so effortless how they just swing straight through it. Nick Pope looks like he's fully concentrating as hard as he can, and he looks yeah. like when he strikes the ball, he's using his opposite foot all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, and the way he swings. Yeah, you know when and, you know when you see people use like their left foot or their non-preferred foot, and how they strike the ball, the technique sl- changes slightly. Nick Pope yeah. looks like that all the time on his good foot. Matt, someone <laughs> should tell him to try his other foot. He's a, real sh- his whole game. he's a real shot-stopping keeper. I'll yeah, play. I hope so. Um, I, I just on that long ball thing too, Sean, like you've got Barnes and Woods up front and you think that's a good strategy. But I noticed even against Liverpool, I sort of mentioned mentioned to the guys, Matip and Van Dyke, they just are so good at 
especially goal kicks that are coming towards them, just sort of standing over the striker and just always winning it. Like they just seem to they can't you can't get a flick on against them. Yeah, that's true. But I suppose the alternative for Burnley is um, you keep the ball and you progress play slight, slightly slower um, and you play out from the back. They play out from the back. They're just going to get pressed and lose the ball in yeah. a dangerous area. So I, I think 100%. if you're Burnley, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Shono, uh, you were saying off air you've got some insider goss on Klopp that you wanted to share. Yeah, so I think my my question to the to the boys. Um, I'll let let me read the statement first, and then um, I'll fire off the question. And I just want to whip round real quick because I don't want to spend too long on, on this game. Who does? Um, speaking to BILD, which I presume some sort of publication um, in, in Germany, Jurgen Klopp has revealed he will never wear glasses again. He confirmed that he has had vision correction surgery, meaning he will no longer need to wear his famous eyewear. So after his eye surgery and after his teeth surgery, at what part is he half Jurgen Klopp, half Kim Kardashian jobber? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm hoping you can look back now at some of those Mohamed Salah penalties and just tell us the truth. Because um, he, he was quick to come in and defend Salah's diving, but I just feel completely differently. So potentially he needed laser eye surgery and now he's got it. Um, so that's really exciting for the neutral. But yeah, look, I think he still needs to do some work on those eyes. It doesn't sit well with me. It's kind of haunting. That That's about the, the wrestling um, comment, Halsey. What would you make about that? He said that um, if you want to watch WWE, um, go and watch it because it has that's no right. place in his game because he thought Burnley were wrestling um, Liverpool the whole time. In, the, in this... Most recent game or yes. previous games? Yep. Uh, I don't know. I That's what anything. I said. Oh, well, you, there was I some like, in the mid, yeah, like in the midfield a bit, and maybe in Liverpool's back line there was a bit of it, but I didn't see nothing too major that I saw the strikers suffer. But I don't know, maybe I missed that. Jeez, I hope he, I hope he kept those receipts on that laser guy surgery because he might <laughs> he might need to go back and get it fixed. I, I think there's definitely going to be an adjustment period on the <laughs> the no glasses. They did did throw me a bit. I'm not. Oh, gonna... it's 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 really uncomfortable looking at him. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Alrighty, so good win for Liverpool. Everyone agrees. Let's move on to the next game, which was a bit of a spicy affair, and like we all predicted, goals galore. So Leeds to Everton to. Old Patrick Bamford and Yerry Mina were having uh, sort of, you know, a bit of a bit of go at each other. And Job, you had some uh, some interesting thoughts on Yerry Mina and how tough he was. <laughs> I was really unhappy with Yerry Mina the whole game. Like, I just I didn't understand what he was trying to do. Like, I don't know if he was trying to be the tough guy or he was trying to get Patrick Bamford sent off. And they had that weird tussle in the corner where Yerry Mina's like kind of almost like running into his hip, trying to like lift him like some sort of rhinoceros. Um, I just didn't I didn't understand it, but I thought his overall performance from Yuramina was really poor as well. Yeah, but that that incident in the corner was I think you even might have said it on um when we were watching the game job where he grabbed him and then it was like, Oh shit, what do I like I might have gone a bit too far. So then he just sort yeah. of kept trying to like and he turn fell into on a bit of a play fight. That as well. So you're like and like that should have been Leeds ball and you're like, What are you doing? And then he gets <laughs> How did up that not and go out. Yeah, as well that whole incident. I think he's trying to disguise how bad a defender he is. He's yeah, doing well. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, pro- that's yeah. also really well disguised when you're playing next to Michael Keane. Oh, another howler! That's an absolute howler, like he did on that goal. Holy he shit! A sh- he's a terrible athlete. 
I said last week, don't take him out of the team because you'll smash his confidence after one mistake. After two mistakes, I'm starting to link <laughs> up. The problem is you leave him in the team and he keeps giving away oh, hours. That's going to smash his confidence. He looks like ice skates. I don't remember him for making these type of mistakes recently. Don't you think he's more... Not like, this you, high profile. To, nah. No, because I would more categorize him in the space of, um, you know, no nonsense defending, um, that type of thing. I know we spoke about like the Johnny center-back algorithm with um, how much you pay for them recently, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll put him in the no-nonsense space, but, I mean, he's, <laughs> there's a lot of nonsense there at the moment. He does look simple, though, doesn't he? That's a bit rough. Oh, you guys were on board with that on Saturday <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, oh, we were not. Hey, he looks like Stephen Hawking. Don't bring up the group chat here, <laughs> yeah. man. He moves worse than him. Oh. Right, yeah. so, a quick one on the actual game. Um, so, I know there was a bit of a <laughs> controversy. Um, what did you think of the Calvin, uh, the Calvert-Lewin? Penalty. Like, we yeah, happy with that? DCL, yeah, I think it's a pen. Get him a new shirt. Ask I... Liam Cooper what he thinks. <laughs> he's still complaining <laughs> Liam, about it. <laughs> Liam Cooper was absolutely steaming. Well, Holy he's got shit, like a, he was angry. More than a fistful of Calvert-Lewin's shirt. He's got like, <laughs> he's almost taken it off his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, like Calvert-Lewin, like, wasn't going to fall over, but he did it to show that how much he was pulling his shirt, which I'm like, I'm all for like, It was ridiculous how much he had his shirt. But yeah, I think a pen and um, like well put away as well by DCL with that really short run up. Lots of people are big there fans of that. Yeah, he- I like that. I, I think the when I first saw him fall over in like live player, I thought he was you know flopping. But then when you saw that angle and you saw that his shirt almost came off his body, I was like, oh yeah, he had to flop to get the replay almost. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I, I think what was even more impressive was uh, Damari Gray's performance. And Sean, as a Leicester fan, is that sort of, you know, make you a little sad that you sort of let him go maybe too early? Or is this sort of what he what he's like? He's pretty streaky, like he'll have a real red-hot game and then he might go missing for a few weeks? He is a bit streaky, but I would have preferred Leicester stick with him. He's young, right? Yeah. So those performances are going to come in and you're going to see his full potential or his actual, uh, full talent. And then the next week, you're not going to see him and all he's going to go missing. So I think that's why he got moved out of the, the Leicester team. I'd like to see Leicester sort of put him out on loan. I think that would have been a better move and see him get game time in him, get some of the consistency back and then and bring him back in. But yeah, like I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. He's a young English player. So yeah, I, I hope he... Hope he does well. and hope he progresses and it's just good to see him on the pitch because we don't want to see him. He's in the Leicester team where he's, he's riding the bench essentially behind, um, you know, Madison or um, Harvey Barnes or, um, you know, pe- people like that. But the goal of the game, Rafina, what a strike. You reckon? Yeah. I, I that, was a, that was a ripping shot actually, like just buried it in the far corner. I even think Demario Gray's goal was up there with, Goals of the game. That was oh, that was really well taken. I'm surprised someone else hasn't come in for Rafinha. I thought Rafinha and Richarlison, I thought were both excellent in that game. Agreed. Like, mm, I really yeah. enjoyed the production of both. Like Rafinha is a bit streaky, but um, I just thought he looked so dangerous when he got near the ball and with Bamford sort of in and around. And then I thought Richarlison, he was good, but he was also very strong. Like they were trying to take it to him physically, and he rolled the centre backs a couple of times just with. He looked fired up. Yeah, Yeah, he looked really up for it. Um, So I thought they were two really good performances from both those guys. But I'm happy with the draw in this game. I think the 2-2 is probably a fair result. Yeah, it was a cracking game too. I think I tipped 3-2 to Everton, so not far off that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think think a bit of a worry for Leeds is that last week they got absolutely torn apart by United through the middle and then Calvin Phillips came in and 
brought some more solidity to the middle, and then they got torn down the down the flanks. Like Damari Gray had so many good chances down the side and got so many good crosses in and was just in so much space. It's a bit of a like all that good uh, effort Leeds put into their like improving their defense the second half of last year has just seems like it's just gone out the window and they're back at square one where they were at the start of last season. Yeah, I think Damari Gray he's he's going to get joy one on one or in when any team plays a back three. So when he plays when they play a back three and he plays high, that's where the space is, right? Each side. I think if when he's playing against a four, he'll be tighter marked. So or you might have to track back or track the uh, the wing back. But yeah, in a back three, I think that's where you're going to see Demario Gray do really well. So yeah, if you're a fantasy player or love a punt, um, yeah, keep that in mind. Good call. Should we um, go on to the Man City Revenge Tour? Oh, the Man City shellacking. So, yeah, we, <laughs> it was uh, City 5, Norwich 0. Who I mean, saw this coming? Yeah, yeah. Who predicted this one? Pretty much every single person. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously Man City lost last week and we all knew it was coming and Norwich unfortunately did as well and it looked like that's the way they played, that they couldn't have stopped it at all because it was, again, like Liverpool, was just such a standard performance for City and barely got out of second gear. And when I was thinking about the game today and it, it kind of worries me how normal it feels for City to smash someone 5-0 and just be like, oh, yeah, just a standard standard City performance, 5-0, whatever. What did you think of the game, Sean? Yeah, well, I, as you said, I think everyone predicted and, and saw this coming. Um, I agree. It's a bit anticlimactic. I think even after the first um, goal, potentially the, the way that the goal went in made it feel like this as well. But see how the players didn't celebrate or anything like that? Um and it just feels as though like you got fans back in the stadium. It's your first home game. You've scored the first, second, third, fourth, fifth goal, and no one's like celebrating to any type of extent. Potentially, it's the specifics of the goals. As I said, the first one was a bit of a deflection, and even Jack's goal, he just sort of like turned around and was like, "Oh, did that come off my knee? Did it?" And then that was meant to be his debut goal for your first hundred million pound signing. So, yeah. That I agree. It did feel all a bit normal and all a bit pedestrian from Man City, but I mean they just look so good when when they play like that. And teams like Norwich and stuff like that will just have no chance against them. This will not be Man City's only five nil win this year. Yeah, just on that, I reckon that was one of the most boring five nil wins I've ever seen. It was like I think I switched it off at three nil. Went to watch one of the other games, although it came up in goal rush quite a bit after that. Um, I want to know what do you guys thought of Grealish's uh, muted celebration, or what, what? What was the symbolic nature of the fingers in the ears? Mm. So I think I think you when you play for Man City, you don't celebrate a goal. You celebrate Thursdays. That's payday. Um, so I reckon Jack's a lot more. Everyone does. Jack's a lot more animated when the money hits his bank account because he could not give a shit about scoring against Norwich City for Man City. Jack and they're, they're uh, getting paid monthly. I feel like Jack has week. to be paid daily or else it's just too much for the payroll clerk. Be like, oh, hey, Jack, yeah, um, you couldn't, couldn't print your pay slip. I uh, ran out of paper for all the zeros. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sorry about that. But we've um, painted it in one of the training grounds, taken up the whole pitch. So I feel like Jack Jack was trying to make a statement with the celebration, but everyone else is like, all the fans are just like, it's Norwich. You're going to hammer them, Jack. Like, no, no one's watching. No, yeah, I- was it like a... A block out the haters type yeah. thing. I, I think it was who? Like, you know what Who's you do, job. You know how you do the haters and trolls. You hate them. Yeah, um, I hate the online bullies. So yeah, oh, I think well, people were just saying that he's not worth a uh, hundred million. You're paying an uh, English premium, Halsey. <clears throat> um, so he just didn't really like that, which is <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But I, like, what do you want him to do at that point, right? I don't think you can um, 
peel off and take your shirt off and dive into the corner after you've a cross has come in. It's hit the defender, hit your knee and gone in. It's just it doesn't feel right. Um, yeah, of course. I, I want to ask every, everyone. Sorry, job, real quick. Yeah, um, I want to ask everyone what um, you thought of Pet's comments after the game. He said America Laporte is the best left-footed defender in the world. Oh my god! Interesting, considering what? Pep, when everyone's full strength, he doesn't even play in their team. What about Ake? Be- How's Ake for you? Oh, <laughs> and they're, and they're, lit- they're literally trying to send, uh, sell him. But he do- he's done that before. He said Phil Foden was the best young talent in the world, and then, and then puts him on the bench. On bench. Yeah. Yeah, like I think he just says that because he wants them to like you know stay hungry. Um, yeah, I don't think he genuinely believes that. Yeah, nah, no, I don't think anyone does. I imagine when Stones' feet, he'll come straight back into um and sit next to Diaz anyway. But he's a right footer, so like you know, it's still, a different still category. Counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got me on so technicality. <laughs> yeah, time to put some respect on Laporte's name. He goes, finally, we've cleared out all the shit left-footed centre backs. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of Gabriel uh, Jesus's performance? He got three assists and looked looked good out wide. Best on yeah, you reckon? Probably. I uh, couldn't. I wasn't paying enough attention to the entire game to comment on a best on, but he did look more valuable out wide. I'll use that word, valuable out oh. wide, than starting at a number nine. Yeah, me. I, I think he's um he's kind of like Werner. I think once you bring in a number nine and he can play in one of those sort of new age striker wingers type roles, um, I think he's going to do much better. So I think that's probably his preferred position, really, whether he likes it or not, because I don't think you really see him playing down the middle um, as a number nine. And for man of the match, I probably wouldn't have given him man of the match. I would have agreed with um, Budweiser's king of the match, Jack Grealish. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, I I saw that as well, but I, I was more thinking it was uh, Jesus over um, over Jack. Sounds like another online hater for Jack, but um, Good thing he's okay. got those fingers in yeah, there. Yeah, he can't hear it. Out, block it out, big boy. Ready for you. All righty. Let's move on to the next one here, and I've got a lot of questions and hate I'm going to send towards you, Jobber. Yeah, same. Saints won, United won. First, I think we've just got to address the elephant in the room. How do you feel about being a United fan when you've ruined everyone's multis and everyone's fantasy points for the weekend? Shoot. I, I thought you were going to start with um, we're now equal with the longest undefeated uh, streak away from home in Premier League history. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. It. I saw. I saw that, and I thought, Have you ever? Has there ever been a team that's got a record like that, and you just think they do not deserve it? I'd say, yes, Manchester yeah, United. Yeah, yeah. this, this team exactly. Probably that Van Dyke never been dribbled past thing. Um, yeah, it is one of those kind of no, stats, isn't it? It is. It is. Or Trent Alexander Arnold having the same amount of assists as Ronaldo. Um, just Trying stupid. Put on his name, mate. Yeah, look, I, I feel like that streak pisses me off too because I look back at those games and I'm like, there's a lot of games that should have been won in there. Like, granted, there's some good results, but this is exactly the game that should have won. There were periods where Manchester United dominated, and there were periods where they were absolutely dominated by Southampton. But overall, it was a really average performance. Like, And yeah. you see, Tony Martial came in, and I thought he was absolutely horrible. Like, yeah, he, I, he just looked a bit lost. Is Cavani injured at the moment, is he? Or is he, like, he's not? Just, he's just old. But, like, like oh yeah, I don't, I don't see what... Uh, yeah, bringing Martial in. I'd be playing Cavani over him every day of the week at, at that number nine role for sure. Like, but it seems to. to it changes the way everyone else plays as well, which is what I don't like. Because yeah, like, he's, he's not a focal. He's not a focal point. But yeah. he, he doesn't seem as like zippy and as as quick and as like sharp as the other players. So it changes the way be, everyone else around him plays. Yeah, you have to be cautious. Like when you have that uh, not so good player on your team, and you have to every time you feed the ball to him, you have in the back of your mind that you, you're about to have to turn and, and track back because it's probably going to get turned over. It's that. Mentality comes in a bit. 
Yeah, and it, I thought there were some really good performances there from Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes played pretty well as well. But like, there just wasn't the support there. And when like Southampton, I thought were pretty good for a point, if not three points. Yeah, um, Job. I want to ask you about their starting lineup, really, um, and particularly Martial. I know you touched on him; you didn't think he was great, but why do you think he was selected? Really, like in my head, the only thing I can conclude is that Ollie thought that he might be able to get past Southampton rather easy, um, and he might think that there was goals on the table for um, Martial, so he, he brought him in. But for me, I just there's no other reason to rotate your squad like that. Um, and make mm. a couple of changes considering the performance you had last week. Like if, you, if you're one of those guys who started last week and you got the hook this week and sat on the bench, you're like, oh, hang on. We won, what was it, 5-1. We dominated. Yeah. We are free-flowing. We scored goals. And now I've got to sit on the bench. There's no games coming up. We only yeah. play one game a week. Tell me your rotation. So it just seems confusing to bring Martial in. The only conclusion I can come up with is that he wanted to get some minutes and some goals in the players, and he thought he could step past Southampton easy. What do you think about that for theory? I I, I I agree. And when the lineups came, like I don't want to, I don't want to put like give people fuel to a fire. Like I don't want to put in a group chat. I'm like, oh, that's a confusing lineup because then people jump on it and they jump on me. Um, but I looked at that lineup and I was really confused because I'm like, why are you starting Matip? Like you don't need more defensive cover against Southampton. Like a bit of energy and a bit of fire, and you'll probably just roll past them. Like they're not very good. And I found that confusing. And I found Sancho not starting really confusing. And I found Varane not starting really confusing. Because as you said, the fixtures aren't coming thick and fast now. So you should be trying to get minutes for your best players Mm. so that you're building into the season. Like Liverpool are. Like Liverpool could have gone out against Burnley and been like, Mo, have the week off, mate. Like you're fine. But they didn't. They went out there to win the game. Especially when you can, as you can say, you can make those um, selections. You put Sancho or you keep um, Dan James because he did rather well last week and maybe you, you bring Varane in um, to strengthen up your, your back line. And then then if the game plays out like that, you're like, okay, we're 2-0 up, we're 3-0 up, whatever. Southampton aren't really coming forward at this point. Then you can bring Martial on and stuff like that and try and get goals into him. Then you can bring Mata in. You can bring Lingard in and make those type of changes. But it, it did seem odd to as I said, make it from the start and then think you can step past Southampton that easy. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with you there. And I think as sort of, I guess, disappointing as United's performance was in parts, like I think uh, Southampton were also very impressive. Like we know, like we talked about like in the preview that they were going to press high and they were um, going to push and that's where we thought they'd get exposed. But they, they seem to press high at the right times and press United and United sort of, while they should have been expecting it, but they almost weren't expecting how intense the pressure was and I guess how constant it was throughout the game. Um, and I was actually really impressed with Saints' uh, back line as well. Like I, I looked at their back line, the starting back line uh, in the lineup, and I'm like, the, I don't think any, all four of them didn't even start or weren't even at the club last year. So it's like a full new back line they've got in and they were um, very impressive and cohesive throughout. Yeah, I, just to add to your point real quick, Barn, um if you watch, I think even the I rewatch the extended highlights this afternoon, and I think the entire package, all of Manchester United's highlights are from set pieces from the wing. Every every one, so that probably speaks a bit to how Southampton defended in open play. So good pick up there, Barn. But I want to throw that up back on Martial as well because he doesn't move around a lot, and against those Absolutely. like deep defenses, he sucks. Uh, last question for me on this one to you boys: Was it a foul on Bruno Fernandez? No, I don't think so. No. I think he stepped. Not these days. To the side and dragged the ball off him. I know he came from, he's running from behind, but if you look at it, his right leg stepped over and across um, Bruno's left leg and took the ball yeah. off him. No foul play on. 
That's I think it's exact- an excellent bit of defending. Like I, and you love to see when a defender like steps across someone with the strength and moves them. And I was like, that's a good challenge. Get up, Bruno. What do you think, Barton? Yeah. Foul or no foul? No, no foul for me. Oh, I also, I also want to want to pose a question to you all. Do referees fear um, doing a Manchester United game with Bruno Fernandez starting? Because we talked about how Liam Cooper fed it to the ref before in the in the Leeds game. Fernandez is nonstop in your face for ninety minutes. Like it, it was unreal. I saw how how aggressive and close he was getting to the referee's face. I was like, that's intense. That'll be that'll be a lot for a ref. But how how many players have you seen? How many great players have you seen over the time who are just like that? Because they're like they're always at that yeah. level of intensity. Like Roy Keane. Oh yeah, I, I understand. Era. I understand why he's like, like that. It's just it's just it's just like it just highlighted again on the weekend for me. Like Fernandez. Not saying he's, he's obviously a great player in that, but it's just like it's intense. I won't have any Bruno bashing on this pod. You just bashed him yourself. I think if the, if the referee's got a problem with it, he can just give him a, a card and that'll slow down pretty fast. But the last thing I want to mention on this game is um, Manchester United strips. I mean, come on, what what is that? Looks Yuck. horrendous. It's shocking. Yuck. Sure, shocking. you got that soundbite ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could just bloody throw up, throw up in my mouth. But they've I just gone with give... like a, a blue top and a yellow shorts and then these like blue and yellow stripe. What, what is that? None of those colours. Like, you know, when you think Manchester United, you think of obviously the Royal Red. They can't wear that because they're playing Southampton. But then you think of those like the black or the white strips and stuff like that. You'd Blue. I mean, just like it's anti-red. It's blue. It doesn't make sense. Nah, I agree. I just want to quickly give my two cents on the Fernandez falling over thing. One, not a foul. And the second thing um, is I don't... He's, yeah, he's a great player. I just don't like that part of his game. He controls the ball there and he, he looks over his shoulder, sees a defender coming, and he never once again looks back at the ball. He's intent the entire time is to get fouled. And so I think it's good that he doesn't get rewarded for that. Um, I don't like that part of anyone's game. And the other thing, um, there's that bit job you would have seen when United hit the crossbar. There was that scramble in the goals. It mm-hmm. looked quite hilarious. I, I was rewatched it again, and there's this, there's actually I think almost I think seven different players that just fall over or slip over trying to either clear or score that in that moment. And it's like <laughs> it's like everyone's on ice. Um, it was quite entertaining. Jeez, I wish that had gone in. Yeah, I don't dra- know how it did. The, the, the drug or the surface, Josh. Uh, yeah, a bit of both. <laughs> bit of both. All righty, before we move on quickly, last thing, Hassan Hutu's kit he had on on the sideline. Please tell me you all saw this. I did not. Unreal. So he had, so. Yeah. He had the white trainers on, like, Good like sort of dressy casual shoes. All right, Then he'd go up to long check pinstripe pants, black, black pants with a check pinstripe on them. Mm-hmm. Sound like Jobber's bed sheets. Keep going. <laughs> White button-up shirt tucked in, which was classy. Naturally. And then, oh, sorry, and it was uh, one of those collarless um, button-up shirts oh, as well. Yeah. Very oh. nice. And then a black, uh, like, um, vest over it. So out of 10, Barney. Good Barney. <laughs> out of 10, what are you saying? You're stinking the joint up or fire? I mean, very sharp. Not for a man of his age. <laughs> he just looked. It just looked so out of sorts on the side of a Premier League football match. It just looked. That's, that's rich unusual. coming from you, Barney. I'm going to cancel your Patagonia membership. Um, all right, I'm saving the planet, mate. Let, let's move on, boys. So I really want to talk about this one. I was quite excited by uh, Wolves. So this one was the same time as Manchester United. But we've got Wolves nil, Tottenham one. Barney, I'm actually going to let you speak early and tell me why Deli Alley dived for a penalty. <laughs> got him. I mean, we did discuss this briefly before the pod. and Let's discuss it now. 
I I agree with probably 99% of the population that it wasn't a pen. I was surprised it didn't get like rescinded when it went back. They might have made him have a look at it and and um and then he would have called it off. I don't know if you do you think if the ref if they tell the ref to go to the sideline there and he watches it back, he he rescinds it or he still commits to his decision? Because there is like like in the technicalities of it, it's like there's enough contact. Probably not yeah. this it's season. Contact but with consequence, isn't it? Is that the new the new yeah. law? Yeah, yeah, and there was that, but it was because of Dali Alley moving into the keeper who basically stopped moving forwards. Like Dali Alley, if you watch that that reverse angle, he's he's coming this direction and then he moves that way back towards the keeper. Yeah, so I think in the grand scheme of things, I can probably live with Dali Alley. I can Alley live with her. For that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, more, it's more just taking the piss out of you, Barney. But um, <laughs> I, th- I think it was uh, like overall Tottenham probably good for the result, but I feel like Wolves, um, like they're starting to build something. Yeah, they uh, they, 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 they they do look good. They do look good coming out. And I think, again, it's like the similar problem they had last week where it's that like lack of quality at the top end and, and finishing and, and they're still trying to work out their fluidity up top and, and moving and uh, and finishing those moves. Like, I mean, we all know and we're all, I guess we're all going to have a, a point of view on it, but Adama Traore like, can get into so many good positions, but my God, he's almost like he's scared to score a goal. Like he's, he's, some of his finishing is so poor, but there was a sequence where they worked it really well wide to Adama. He beat like, probably two people got to the byline and he cut it back. And I'm like, just think, and it like actually was a move that almost ended in a goal. I'm like, that's what he should just be doing every time is getting those positions, but then just cut mm. it back. Yeah. Stop worrying about shooting. Don't yeah. shoot. Just West cut shoot. it back every time. I, I see. Yeah. I, I'd question whether, um, whether they've been unlucky or whether they've been good so far this season. I mean, they've lost their first two games. Um, they haven't scored any goals and they haven't kept any clean sheets. So, I'm not. I'm not sure that they're having. Um, they look good so far at all. But yeah, I agree. I. I think he should focus on. Um, yeah, just getting to the touchline, cutting it back, and just do that over the time. Like if I if I'm his manager, I'm saying, get to the touchline and give me five cutbacks a game, and I'm happy with your performance. And then but, you can shoot. And then no, and then don't <laughs> shoot still. Um, but then there was one instance where he sort of tangled with um, Tangenga, who I thought it was not reasonable again. Um, and yeah, he just pushed him aside. Where you looked at last week, Tanganga, he was like bullying um, some of the Man City players. So I hate to see what um, what, a, what a reality check for Tanganga, wasn't it? Where he's like he, he bullied City last week, and then he got absolutely bullied in that first half by Traore. Yeah, like, he's doing, he's doing it to... Tanganga's quite quick, and the way he just like burned him, like physically oh, moved him, and then unreal. he got five yards in like seven yeah. yards. Like it was just ridiculous. But we so Barn, we have to talk about um, the big man coming on. So was it seventy two odd minutes? I think um, he, he got subbed on. So yeah, seventy yeah. seventy two minutes he come on for um, Sonny. So what? Good to see him back. What do you think? Uh, well, when I looked at my uh, fantasy score after the game, I wasn't too happy he came on because he came on for eighty minutes, got one point, also got a yellow card, so lost that point. And so I got zero for him. That was good. But um, yeah, look, I don't. It, at that stage of the game, we were just like shutting it down. So I was, I was sort of surprised he brought him on. I thought he might have brought him on a bit sooner, but um, yeah, interesting. He brought him, brought uh, Sun off as well uh, for him because you think he'd sort of leave Sun on because they link up so well together. But yeah, he, he he probably should have had a goal. He could have nutted the keeper, I reckon, on that chance where he saved it. It was a good, good save in the end. Um, but yeah, nothing really, you know, exciting that he did too much. Sort of, he, I think for him. He finds it a bit unusual. 
being in that situation because he never comes off the bench and plays game unless it's like maybe Europa League game in the past few years. But like 99% of the time he's starting and he may come off then. So it's an unusual situation for him to be in. Barney, how are you not buzzing that he's come on the pitch at all? Because like I still that, don't think that, he's going to stay. I think that's a sign that he's going to stay. You reckon? Like, I, think if I, think he was he, leaving, I think he's so professional though. That's why he's done it. Nah, I think if he was leaving, he wouldn't get on that pitch. You reckon? Yep, I reckon he's staying. Yeah. All right, let's let's. I just want to give you one last stat. So, former manager Jose Mourinho um, this week became the fastest manager to reach fifty Serie A wins. He's also the fastest manager to reach fifty wins in the Premier League and La Liga. So, Jose doesn't miss Spurs that much. That was pretty unreal. I saw that stat. That was yeah. hard to put some respect on his name. Hey, job. Oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the other side, the north of London. So we got Arsenal nil, Chelsea two. Sean, you were saying off air. Romelu Lukaku looks incredibly lean, doesn't he? Yes, I did say that, and it, he does, doesn't he? I think I saw the, the side by side um, of, of him from when he when he was originally at uh, Manchester United, I think it was, and then um, yeah, the, he's obviously his uh, photo now. But I think like he had an awesome game. Um, I think for me, he was just too strong. He bullied um, Arsenal, bullied both the centre backs, and that was sort of like a like snapshot of how that whole game went for Chelsea, really. I think they they dominated the game, sixty five percent possession, got their goal nice and early, and Rom got the goal too, um, which is critical for his confidence. But I just think they were too strong, too powerful for Arsenal. Um, I was watching, as you know, I'm a big fan of Arsenal fan TV and all the blogs that sit around Arsenal fan TV. And there was one of them um, where he did this little um, video log, and he said that. Um, so yeah, it's raining here at the Emirates. Um, we're two 0 down. And the roof is leaking. Um, so, yeah, good times here at Arsenal. And that was the little um, clip. So, yeah, good to have um, it. Good to have uh, Arsenal um, struggling. Like, I know everyone else enjoys that. But, I mean, for Arsenal fans, it doesn't feel like there's a lot to look forward to. I mean, Chelsea just blew past you. What do you think, Barn? Yeah, they go on to City next week. So, that's always, uh, <sighs> always good for them to look forward to. But, yeah, they... Um, I, would, I just want to give you guys a situation and let me know how you'd feel as an Arsenal fan. So you see the team lineups and you see Lukaku starting up front. It's already a bad sign for Arsenal. Then you see Ben White's ruled out with COVID and you're starting Pablo Murray and Rob Holding at centre-back. How worried are you as an Arsenal supporter? Because I would be extremely. How many hours before kickoff is it? Uh, it's caught 45. They already think they're losing that game. I don't think it changes. FTV's already got 10 uploads. But I, I don't think, again, I, I defended Arsenal last week a bit, and I don't think this is the week to pile in. Like, Chelsea are going to beat teams better than Arsenal this year again. Like, I know it's 2-0, but they did create a few chances. They had some nice patches. Like, I think one of the big problems in the first half was Saka's defending. Like, he just gave Tierney no support, and Reese James was just yeah. having an absolute field day. Like, and that's, like, you're going to get that with him. They need to find that balance. Like, I don't think... I think it's really easy for people to jump in on Arsenal and say, oh, it's horrible. Like, they got Chelsea, they got Man City next. So you're going to be looking at three straight losses. But you, you can build towards something throughout the season. And there are some good young players in there as well. Well, Jobber, I know you don't want to pile onto them, but uh, Bakary Sagna wants to pile onto them. Mm. So I after saw that. The, after yeah. the game, he came out and said, the DNA of the club is gone. And he said every time he watches Arsenal, he knows we are going to concede a stupid goal. Is is that the same Bakary Sanya that went to City for a shitload of cash? Yeah, yeah, the loyal. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, don't really care what he thinks. 
<laughs> he is it's correct a, though. I it's think. a weird, it's a weird, a weird player to like come out and talk about that but, sort of stuff. But but that's where they anyway. are right now. Like they don't have a heap of money coming in. Like they don't have a billionaire oil owner. Well, they do, but he's like, you know, he's got a heap of other stuff going on. Like that's just where they are. Like I think like where people think they were twenty years ago and where they are now are just two completely different things. I think people need to stop holding them to that standard. It's not yeah. fair, and like it's, I think it's just a bit lazy. Yeah, but, but similar to Sp- Tia so Spurs now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they're they're part Spurs, could be Spurs are on the way now. up. Yeah. yeah, Spurs are on the way up. Arsenal are heading down. Thanks for that. I, I think um I think one of the differences is job. You say you don't hold them to that standard, but they like Arsenal as a club hold themselves to that standard. Like their own fans do that. Yeah. Their own club does that. They keep telling everyone that they're a big club. They went they broke away into the um Super League. Like they've got that <laughs> mentality about them. So yeah, that, I think that's why it's it's like, do you know what I mean? If you went, if a yeah. club went, if a team went on a cycle, like Manchester United did when they went on a cycle, came down and come back up, everyone sort of, although it was nice to see them not winning everything all the time, I think people understand, oh, they're on a cycle, they're rebuilding. But Arsenal, they're, they're not on a cycle. They're not on yeah. the way down. They're not on a rebuild. It's been like this for so long, and but they still carry on like that. they are the big club. So I might, I think I might dedicate some time this week to going on the Arsenal fan forums and just explaining to them my algorithm and like where they are and I'm like, hey, you're being too harsh on yourselves. Well, good like, luck because the Arsenal fans got booed off at <laughs> uh, Arsenal. The Arsenal fans booed off the um, team at halftime and they booed them at full time and there were some players leaving their Emirates early. In the press conference after the game, Mika Arteta was asked, um, oh, what do you think of the fan reaction today? And then he was like, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. And then the, the guy sort of pushed back and was like, really? Like really questioning, he's like, "Yeah, I thought there were some good signs. I thought they cheered the um, substitutions and stuff like that." And then the um, the commentator was like, "Oh, yeah, well, they booed at half time to for you exiting the pitch, and then they booed you at full time. So I'm not so sure about that." And then um, they just like cross back to Arteta, and Arteta goes, "Well, that's a matter of opinion. So interesting." Barney, I know you're about to go, but do you think it was a boo worthy performance? Like, I didn't think it was that bad. I think, the club, I think it? it's uh, in that performance in isolation. I think what you're looking at, you're just looking at this game job. But I think if you're an Arsenal fan, or if you've been following the downfall of Arsenal and Arsenal fan TV, me, um, for a long time, I think it's <laughs> it's like death by a thousand cuts. Do you know what I mean? So this individual cut isn't like in the context of this individual game isn't that bad. But it's on the back of everything that's happened um, previously, and that's what's really killing them. Are we sure they weren't booing the re- uh, leaking roof? They That's what their real problem was. They're like, hey, I bought, I bought a 25-pound hot dog and the roof dripped on it. Do I get a new bun? Um, bun so, soggy. Speaking, speaking of um, the interviews at, at the end as well, um, big Tommy Tooks, obviously he was wearing full um, club shop get-up um, for this, obviously. That goes without saying these days. But um, he said that um, they'd had a huge week on the track this week and he thought their players looked a little bit leggy for the first half, which I, I probably agree with him. But interestingly, he said he described Romelu Lukaku as a democratic leader. So, I mean, Job, obviously you hate democracy. So um, what yeah, do you think of that? <laughs> what do you think of that explanation about Rom's leadership? Democratic. Didn't appreciate it, comrade. Um, <laughs> comrade. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be some sort of like language barrier or something there. Like he just... I don't know, how, like, what vote have they had this week to represent democracy? That <laughs> seen that. <laughs> that Rom's, Rom's hosted. Like, oh, Rom's like, yeah. come in here. Ballot can box I, is here. Can I sit here? Let's let's go to a vote. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what he's done. I, I feel like something's lost in translation there. 
I feel like Tommy leads with a bit of a dictatorship anyway. But there was a there was an interesting stat at, at the end of the game. So Arsenal start the league with two defeats and zero goals. Um, and this is the first time they've ever done this in their 118-year history, which I found surprising. They won't score again next week either. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the worst start ever in their, their, uh, their club history. So that's it for the review of the games. I think, Jobby, you've got an update for us on the Dollar Dom Multi. Yeah, I do, I do. And tomorrow we have West Ham versus Leicester. Obviously, we looked at that on Friday. That'll be a cracking game. Um, so this week, it was a tough week. So we had Liverpool to win by more than 1.5 goals. Tick. 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 Nice. Brentford win or draw. Tick. Manchester City to, <laughs> to win by more than 1.5 goals. Oh, that's easy. That was over in like that's a banker. very quickly, yeah. Um, next leg, I'll just skip one and go back. So next leg was Aston Villa to win against Newcastle. We saw Danny Ings' bike. We haven't talked about that 2-0, but what a goal from Danny Ings. Unreal. Yeah, cheers. Fantasy captain. Off a uh, long unreal. throw as well. And then the other one was pretty straightforward. Uh, Manchester United to win at Southampton. Uh, Ollie, <laughs> son of a bitch. Changed his team. That's how I think did it. I actually think Dollar Dom's been um, let down here by Manchester United. That honestly, everything was going really well. And tomorrow we've got Leicester City and West Ham both to score, which I think uh, would be pretty good. But yeah, yeah. tough week on the multi. Uh, just Very on that tough. Danny Ings uh, bike, I think it was a foul throw, but we'll let that slide. We'll talk about that another time. We're yeah. gonna have to. All right, Sean. Look, I actually have an email that I'm going to read out. Woo. Uh, thank you for that. So someone's been in touch with the show because last week I spent some time <laughs> slating the fantasy comp. Um, and I was I was particularly critical of people who used a triple captain in the first week. And you did. I, I might have cited a, a fairly common um, ailment for those types of people. So <laughs> the email reads, to the FPOP team, in response to your envy-filled discussion about the stellar start to the season by Evan Eleven, one, <laughs> I triple Captain Salah due to his previous strong season openers. Yeah, that, that's correct. That's I fair, that. fair. In hindsight. I scored higher than all you mugs without the triple captain. I haven't fact-checked that, but potentially. No, he's spot on. Three, how good is Southampton? <laughs> and then four is R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Respect. Oh, Condolences, see- Salmon. <laughs> See, I, I read number four, respect. I read that in the um, Jose um, Mourinho voice where he's like, respect. Yeah, respect. I read it in the yeah. LEG one. <laughs> but, yeah. but potentially it is a Jose thing. Obviously, we love Jose on the pod. But no, thanks for getting in touch, Salmon. Um, and look, you're right, but now the challenge is to hold on to that lead because everyone else following you now has a triple captain to play and Harry Kane's back. So mm. get ready for mm. that. All right, should we file that, away, minutes. that File that email Yeah, away? file it with the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> if you do want to get in touch with us, reach out at football played on, football played on paper at gmail.com, uh, Instagram, football on paper, Twitter, football on pods. Uh, I might be boycotting Facebook because it give me sport. So just keep an eye on that space. <laughs> um, I'm sick of the put respect to the name of. To a footballer Should be boomers. Watching, yeah, to a footballer I've been watching for 10 years. Um, and comparisons <laughs> to Cristiano Ronaldo for weird stats, like the same amount of assists as Trent Alexander-Arnold. But, um, yeah, <laughs> 